Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest today is Peter Moe, Director of the University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum. Peter, today I'd like to unpack the Farm at the Arb exhibit, uh, have you provide some background on on the the exhibit itself and, and what you hope people take away from it. So I guess how far back do we need to go to, to kind of the beginnings of this exhibit? Well, the Arboretum has uh, been purchasing land over the 60 years since the Arboretum started or 65 years in, in the late 1950s. And one of the pieces that was became part of the Arboretum was a former dairy farm on the east side of the Arboretum that has a beautiful 1920s barn very straight, just a typical, wonderful Minnesota barn surrounded by some cropland that we had been using for some uh, horticultural research projects that were just kind of temporary in nature. And we really weren't using the site other than maintaining the barn because of its, uh, or just kind of the view looking at the barn. But we're part of the University of Minnesota College of Food, Agricultural, Natural Resource Sciences. And we're the site for the university where the horticultural plant breeding of woody plants takes place. So that all the new apple varieties and grapes and azaleas and shade trees and things are developed at the Arboretum. But we've never really worked with the full breadth of CFAN's research, which of course includes uh, you know, crop breeding and soil science and water quality and, and uh, many other related uh, uh, types of research projects. And those, each one of those departments that are all headquartered on the St. Paul campus, but of course work all over Minnesota, are doing really wonderful research. Much of it supported by the Minnesota corn growers, which is extremely valuable. But a lot of times the research is taking place in Lamberton or uh, Morris or Wasika, and not really in a spot where it's accessible to the, to visitors. At uh, the same time, the Arboretum has been buying this land, of course, has been adding buildings and gardens and uh, prairie restorations and doing all sorts of other things and and attracting more visitors. So the Arboretum now has almost 500,000 visitors a year. We've got 30,000 members. We have a lot of people coming out to see uh, the gardens and the plant collections and all the different things we're doing at the Arboretum. And so this is a ready-made audience to learn more about agriculture. It's also valuable that we're uh, even though this project would probably work better in terms of the soil and the space and everything in Morris or Lamberton or somewhere else, it's harder to get citizens, especially from the urban and suburban areas, to go to those other sites. And so we already have the people coming here. So we have this beautiful barn that now has been all with private fundraising. We've raised private funds to restore the barn, to make it meet all modern building codes. It's been reinforced and uh, has accessible restrooms, and just a perfect space for for uh, anything from a farmer's market to a trade show to an educational conference to, a, you know, uh, it could be used for extension programs, all sorts of different things. And then surrounding the barn in the, in the crop fields, we've been putting in uh, planting for the last two years, uh, plantings of corn and soybeans and winter wheat and sunflowers and, and some of the newer crops like uh, silphium and kernza and providing both the plants where people can see them, accessible pathways connecting all of them, but also interpretive information. 
So farm, so the homeowners that live in Edina or Richfield or New Brighton can come out to the Arboretum and actually see these crops, but also learn what University of Minnesota researchers are doing to grow more food on the same amount of space while protecting soil and water quality. And so we've been working with many different partners. We had uh, you know, some of the big ag businesses, in addition to the corn growers, we received funding from Cargill Corporation, Cargill Foundation, some of the Cargill board members, family members, Orlando Lakes is on board, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Wheat, uh, a number of other uh, uh, large and small uh, uh, corporations, family foundations and things that are funding this. And the reason that they're, all these different people are funding it is because we're also working with our, you know, our partners in CFANS and U of M Extension and many of the donors on key messages. And some of the messages are, uh, people are, I think I, I shared the PowerPoint with you, Mark, but people around the world rely on production agriculture. And everybody knows about, you know, people growing vegetable plots and things. And those are all wonderful local food and all that. But still, the majority of their food comes from production agriculture. And then there's always ag research underway to provide, seeking ways to provide nutritious and safe food for increasing world population. And doing this without converting more prairie or forest into cropland. Uh, technology and conservation are huge. And of course, uh, the corn grower members are certainly well aware of that and are the people that are implementing many of these programs, but they're extremely important. And then the, our food crops are the result of plant breeding and selection uh, for centuries. But of course, with as much new technology now that, is, that speeds up those processes and allows uh, the, the plant breeders to develop new varieties that have many different qualities that are make them superior while still uh, providing you know healthy and nutritious food. But the, we want people to also know that this research is ongoing, and the way the reason that farmers are able to grow more food on the same amount of land with, and protecting soil and water quality is be, is because of agricultural research. And so those are the key messages. We're not promoting organic versus. Uh, uh, conventional, GMO versus conventional, anything like that. We'll provide information, but it'll always be tied back to coming from University of Minnesota research or research that's underway at, uh, at farms and other universities around the upper Midwest. So, so Peter, you, you laid out the key messages, and, and you want this to yeah. be an interactive experience. So I guess, you know, pick which which angle you want. Maybe it's plant breeding, but but how do you – how do you package that key message so that when somebody comes to, to the exhibit, they not only get to, to see the plants as they're growing, but have some takeaways? It's a learning experience. How do you package that, that message? Okay. Well, the, the very best way to make it a learning experience is when we're going to be having festivals during the summer. And we hope to have one of those each month, May through September. And at those different festivals, we'll have people circulating through the site. We have set up... Um, uh, kind of like shade arbors in different locations where it, it could be a University of Minnesota extension, ag, an agriculture extension educator. But ideally, we'd let, we're, we're going to have farmers at the site whenever we can. And so families that, ha that come out to the Arboretum that day, we might draw them to the site by having a, a corn feed or cooking brats or something like that. But once they get out there, they'll be able to walk through the site, see the different crops, and actually talk to a farm family 
and and ask and ask them well, why why did you decide that uh, you, that you're growing which crops you grow and uh, what types of things are you doing on your farm that are new and unique and and that that is a great way for people to learn I think because people are so disconnected or urban people especially are so disconnected from agriculture and so that that would that's that's the ideal way is having farmers educators on site when the when our visitors are there but we also because that one only only happen five or six times we also have interpretive signage that is already in place that talks about this you know it has to be interpretive signage is a whole science in itself of how you can't put too many words down you have to include graphics but it's ideal when you can have the interpretive signage right next to a crop there are people that live in the in the twin cities that don't know what a soybean plant looks like and so you can that's of course a very low level and uh but then what what else are what's cool about soybeans and how why are they an important part of a, a crop rotation that farmers are are doing you know what what are the soybeans uh what are the grain used for you know, of course which of course is a huge huge amount same thing with corn and some of the other crops and so it's a combination of interpretive signage events with farmers and educators on the site and eventually we don't have this all in place yet but we would like to do more distance education with uh, possibly an app that would have additional information or you know webinars that are taking place during the year and things like that and that is a, a pretty good segue into my next question peter and, and that is uh, the impact of the covid 19 pandemic i'm sure it has impacted the the exhibit, the attendance, things of that nature. It certainly did. This was not a, I think we did the very best we could. And we had great support from uh, our dean, Brian Burr, who's a dean of CFANS, the college that we're part of. And we were closed for about six weeks in um, in the in the beginning, starting in March, like the other places. But we were able to reopen in May. And all with limited numbers of people and, and pre-reservations and a lot of different things. Uh, you know, voluminous safety reports, which is all important. We did all of that. So we were able to be open, and the farm itself was able to open in July. But for the, the first whole first half of the growing season, it was closed. So that was a, a real negative. But And we had to cancel all of the events this year. But we did end up finishing the site, paving the walkways. Uh, all the buildings were com are completely done. We've got, uh, you know, the plantings were the first year, we weren't quite done in the spring in 2019, and everybody remembers the deluge and how wet it was, and so that was a big negative for us. This year, we had good weather in the spring, but we were very limited a number of staff. We were even, uh, we couldn't, in uh, even though when we were closed, we were very limited in how many people could come out, and, uh, workers, and so that set us behind, but now we have uh, hired a a uh, Carver County farmer that uh, is looking was looking for a full-time job, and so he's uh, 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 on board and is going to be in charge of all of the planting and he's already got next year's planting plan done and and working with all our, our different partners to make sure that we're the plants that we're planting are going to work into the educational messages we want to do so this year was off to a first two years were kind of a slow start but we're we're really aiming at 2021 being a big success what's the best way for people to learn more about the arboretum in general but also the the exhibit specifically well the best way of course is come out to the arboretum there is some materials on our website and that that is also being uh, developed but uh, the arboretum is open uh, year-round every day except Thanksgiving and Christmas and right now you can we are into the winter season at the arboretum and so the barn itself is closed but people are welcome to come out and walk through the plots and and, and look at the interpretive signage 
Um, one of the course the information on the different research projects that we're not this is not a research site by itself it's a demonstration site but a lot of the information on the research projects of course is better accessed through the uh, CFANS the different agronomy and horticultural science and soil science and those other departments and we're trying to we're working with forever green I'm sure that's a program that that many uh, people are aware of with looking at alternative crops perennial crops uh, uh, things like that, and so we're, we're we're not actually doing the research on those forever green crops, but we're demonstrating them. People read about Kernza, but they have no idea what it looks like, and so you can see the the Kernza planted at the arboretum, and and uh, looking at it, it looks kind of like a lot of uh, other perennial grasses that some of them we might even consider to be weeds, but of course it is uh, very different that it that it produces a usable grain, can be used for grazing and and other uh, other uses. Anything else that you want to make sure we talk about today? Well, we're really excited that we're, uh, because we're part of the College of Food, Agricultural, and Natural Resource Sciences, that we can really work with the full uh, faculty and departments on campus and make their work accessible to Minnesota citizens. So people go to the state fair and they go to the, some of the county fairs and things, and a few people will, will visit farms. There's, you know, some farms are doing direct marketing of meat products and and uh, crops like that, but they really don't get much opportunity to be near agriculture. And so we are just excited that people can come out to a beautiful site. You know, they can see the whole Arboretum when they're there, and but uh, hope that they would spend an hour or several hours up at the farm. And and the, they go they, during the summer, sp uh, spring, summer, and fall, go into the barn. There's big posters in the barn and all the different crops have been developed at the Arboretum, the different varieties of apples and grapes, of course, which were very well known for, but also uh, posters on varieties of soybeans and barley and wheat and some of the other very important crops for Minnesota. So it's a really a, a fun experience and hope people will attend some of the events next summer and just be, uh, continue to come out and watch the site grow over the years. To learn more, visit mncorn.org.